Good morning, Faith Builders Church. I am so glad to be coming to you again on Sunday morning service. Boy, I just have to tell you, I miss you all so much. We just heard from the governor that we are extended till May 15th, and so it's bittersweet. I think the good thing is at least we have a little time now to get our game plan together and really find out what we're going to do as we prepare for our comeback. Uh, it'll probably be in stages, and we'll have to set up new volunteer teams, but in the meantime, we're going to still keep pushing Jesus ahead. Amen. Keep pushing the kingdom of God forward. You know, I've always said if the people are thriving, the church will always thrive. So let's make sure in this season that we're not coming together, that we're encouraging ourselves. We're getting our faith built out. We're continuing our relationship with Jesus. Make sure we get in the word of God and some time in worship. And while well, we have this reset time, because when we come back, we want to do something for Jesus. We want to take this city on assignment by the Holy Spirit. So anyway, I miss you all, and I just can't wait to have us all back together in worship. We just had an awesome Zoom meeting with our leadership team, and uh, we're planning and collaborating, and we're casting vision, and we're just so ready for this return, and I can't wait for you to hear more about it. But I'm excited about this morning's message. We are on part four, and we're wrapping up this series of I Am Jesus. And I know that you've been blessed by this series. And if you've missed any of them, I just encourage you to jump online on our website and you can listen to all the teachings uh, for free. I think they've only been like 25 minutes or so since we've been online. So allow the word of God to continually challenge us in this season because we're aiming to reach the harvest for Jesus. And, and that's what this series has been about. So on Easter Sunday, we talked about Jesus Jesus being the resurrection and the life. And then the next Sunday, we talked about him being the good shepherd. And last week, we talked about him being the light of the world. And I am excited about today's I am. I think it's the most important one of the I am's, if that's possible. And we're going to be talking about how Jesus said that I am the vine. And so what we're going to do this morning is open up right away to a John 15, verse 5. And I just want to encourage you that if you can quiet things down at your home, if possible, get the kids coloring, get them busy. Let's get out our Bible and lean in and be intentional with the Word of God today. We're going to look through a few verses today, and I really want to capture your heart by the Holy Spirit. So let's go to John chapter 15, and we're going to start with verse 5. And Jesus said this. He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. I want you to say out loud or type in there if you're able, bear much fruit. That's what we're going to focus on today, that God has called us as Christ followers to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. The rest of the verse goes on to say, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're going to look at the contents of this story. And John chapter, John chapter 13 through 16 is, uh, we find it on Thursday of Passion Week. And Jesus is having uh, the Last Supper with his disciples. And these few chapters, even though there's many of them, is really taking place in the course of one day. And so the Bible says that they are in a secret room, which probably was the upper room that was taking place on a roof. And they even said that vines were probably growing on the roof. And as they were completing their dinner, many things happened. Jesus said, I'm going to share many things with you. 
And also he said, but there's some things that I can't share with you yet. Like Jesus has so many mysteries to unfold. The kingdom of God is always unfolding, amen, and, and enlightening us and bringing revelation. And so Jesus took his disciples on a walk after they had finished dinner, and they ended up in what the Bible says, the east side of a garden. And that garden was the Garden of Gethsemane, and we know that's where Jesus wept tears of blood, that's where Jesus was betrayed and kissed by Judas and was given over to the Sanhedrin and was taken captive. But before this part of the story, um, Jesus is giving the disciples like one final instruction. And I feel like this is one of the most important instructions that he's really trying to get their attention. It's his last conversation that he will have with them after the, the Passover dinner celebration and his, and his being taken captive. This is the last words that he said to the disciples, and this is where we find it. And I think he's being very urgent in his request to listen. So I want to uh, paint the imagery of what we're about to study. We're looking at three different objects this morning. We're looking at the vine dresser, which is God. And if you need to write that down, please do. But the vine dresser or the gardener is God. And then there's the vine, and that's Jesus, the Son of God. And then there's the branches, which, of course, we are the church his sheep, we are the branches. What is so awesome about this study as we're looking at it is the branches, listen to this, were destined and designed to bear much fruit. What does that mean? We were created to be fruit bearers. What does that mean? To win the loss for Jesus to see signs, wonders, and miracles, to win our friends to Jesus Christ, to see them filled with the Holy Spirit, to cast out demons. This is the wonders of the kingdom of God, and God has called his church to bear much fruit. Isn't that exciting? So John 15, verses 1 and 2, we're going to look at that here just a little bit. And it says this, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Now stop there for just a minute because if Jesus is the true vine, then there are wrong vines in the world. And there are vines in the world that are distracting the church. There are things in the world that are pulling on us, that are distracting us, that are temporary satisfactions, and we're drawing from the pleasures of the world that isn't the true vine, and it ends up being dry and dead anyway. Bible says sin is only fun for a season, and I'm not a sin-conscious preacher, but I think we need to be uh, awakened to the time that Jesus is saying, I'm the true vine. It's time for the church to plug into the vine of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout amen. Amen. We're going to plug into the vine. So Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. We're going to break this down this morning and what that means. Why does he prune us? So that it will be even more fruitful. God is causing the church to be fruitful. And there's a process to produce the great fruit that he's called us to have. So I want you to visualize this. If you were to walk down a, a, um, a vineyard and the gardener, just picture that gardener walking among the vines, walking among, uh, um, among them. And it was important to the gardener. He valued the vines. Get a picture of this, right? And as he was walking through the vineyard, what was he looking for? He was looking for the expected fruit 
on that vine. And when that fruit did appear, because that fruit was so heavy, the branches would begin to lay low and they would bend and they would begin to hang very low to the ground. And I want you to see that this fruit was almost like bowing down in reverence and honor to the gardener. And that's the same way as we bear fruit, as his sons and daughters, and we win people to Jesus. We lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We see people be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the workings of the kingdom of God. That fruit now will come out on our vine, and when we have the fruit, we're bowing down in honor and reverence to God. Why? Because fruit on our vine glorifies God. God is looking for the fruit, isn't he? So these branches, what do they do? They now need a time of pruning. Now, as the gardener is going through this season of the story, what you have to understand, the fruit that's on the vine, the season prior to this great fruit was a pruning process. So if you see somebody in your life that maybe is producing a lot of fruit, maybe they're seeing God move in supernatural ways, it's because there was a time before that they allowed God to prune the branch so that they could produce more fruit in this new season. And we're going to get to more about the pruning in just a minute, and I'm super excited about it because I want to show you a way that pruning is not a negative thing. It isn't a bad thing. It's a supernatural thing. Amen? So why do we need to stay connected to the vine? Why do we need to stay connected to Jesus? Two reasons that I just quickly wrote down this morning was, one, is because you receive incredible nourishment from the vine. There's a refreshing that comes from the from the vine. You cannot produce fruit because the nourishment comes through the vine to produce the fruit. Amen? And then also what happens is when we're connected to the vine, we are nourished, but we also produce a lot of fruit. So we need the vine. We need Jesus to produce the fruit in our life. So let's look at John 15, verse 8. He says this, this is my father's glory. Now, what is his father's glory? He goes on to say that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I want you to understand something and get this revelation in your heart. Fruit is what glorifies the divine gardener. Fruit is what glorifies God. What the world needs to see is fruit in the believer's life. They need to see people's lives being changed. They need to see our lives changed. We need to be transformed and changed by our Savior. And when the world sees that, then God is getting glory. Isn't that exciting? And when the fruit is there, he says, they'll look at you and say, those are my disciples. Now, I want you to remember here that Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? He's, remember, he's giving them an assignment. Be about my business. He's saying, giving that example, be about my word. Jesus is saying, this is what I'm asking you to do. Listen, the disciples listened to Jesus, and it wasn't just a short time later that Jesus died, and then the disciples were in the upper room, and the power of the Holy Spirit came here on earth. The gospel was presented. Jesus said, if you stay connected to me, you're going to bear fruit. The disciples believed that. And guess what? When Paul gave his presentation of the revelation of Joel, what happened? 3,000 people were added to the church. 
That's a lot of fruit. See, when we have the revelation that when I'm connected to Jesus, when I'm connected to his purpose, when I'm connected to his vine, I have no other choice to put but to produce fruit myself. And that's going to bring glory to God and it's going to bring a lost generation to the kingdom of God because the church is going to get reconnected to the vine. So let's look at the process of having fruit because there is a process in that. John 15 verses uh, 2 says this. The gardener, what does he do? He cuts off every branch in me that doesn't produce fruit. What is he trying to do when he is prune, when he's cutting off those vines? He's saying, I'm cutting off those wasteful places. I'm cleansing you. I'm changing you. That's why we can come to Jesus as we are. But when I'm connected to the vine, the Jesus, the vine dresser and the vine, he begins to change me. He begins to remove my habits. He begins to change the way that I think so that I can be more in the image of him. Goes on to say, while every branch that does bear fruit, right, the areas that are producing fruit, he prunes them, cuts them back. Why? So that it will be even more fruitful. See, the vine dresser will prune us. There's seasons of our life because he doesn't want the old ways anymore. He prunes the, the old ways off so that the new fruit can be even more fruitful, bigger and more productive. Listen, this is the process of my walk with Jesus. I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And you know that I've been through this process with the Lord a few times, that God's never stopped pruning us. He'll prune off the old ways, the comfortable ways, the ways that are wasted. Why? Because all the energy and the, and the nutrients needs to go into that fresh vine to produce the richest harvest that you've ever seen. And the pruning process is never comfortable because we don't understand it. So I want to talk to you just a minute, and I really hope you get to tune in and hear this because there's a process of pruning that is so powerful. So the vineyard, the, the vine dresser, he knows the seasons of the harvest, right? He knows the season of bearing fruit. There are seasons of bearing fruit. Now, in the winter season... He knows it's not the time to produce fruit. Actually, in the winter seasons, right, when it's dry, when it's cold, when it's dark, when it's lonely, like that's when God kind of comes in and he starts pruning things in our life, right? It's in those winter seasons of our life. And what I want you to get a picture of this is the vine dresser will take the vine that produced its fruit in its season, and now it's winter, and he'll tie it to a stake, and what he begins to do is prune off all the branches. And he's very intentional about it. He doesn't just go in there and start cutting things away. The vine dresser is mindful. And what he does is he cuts every branch but branches that go to the left and branches that go to the right. Now, I'm going to have them pop up a picture here on the screen so that you can see. And if that's that picture that you see is a cutting from the vine dresser in the winter season. And what does it look like to you? When I immediately saw that, it looked like the cross. See, the most vulnerable time of our life, the time where we're going through this pruning, pruning process is where we've never looked more like the cross. 
We've never looked more where we've needed the blood of Jesus. Amen. This is the pruning season. Why? Because in that pruning season, Jesus is making us to look just like him. So if you're in that season where God is cutting things off and he's changing you, and listen, he's mindful about cutting things off, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. So after the winter season and the pruning where he takes everything off and aims that vine in a perfect direction that he has aligned, what happens? Now time goes by and spring happens, right? Winter season's over. Now things are beginning to happen in your life, right? And, and in spring, things lush, they become green, and beautiful flowers appear. But I want you to write this down this morning so that we can find encouragement in the seasons of waiting. More time passes. See, in this process of being connected to Jesus, and whether you're just coming to the Lord and you're new in Christ, or you've been in Jesus for a while, when the vine dresser is pruning us, there's a time stamp on it, right? There's a time to produce that fruit. So more time passes, but then you can't stop summer from coming. Somebody say amen. You cannot stop summer from coming. And when summer shows up, that law of God shows up, what happens? Fruit begins to appear on the vine again. So I want you to look at this process that we have quickly went over this morning. There's a pruning, there's a growing, and there's a producing in our life. That is what our life should look like when we are connected to Jesus. If we are not being pruned, if we are not dying to ourselves, we have to look and say, am I really connected to the true vine that is transforming me to produce fruit in my life? And then what happens? Finally, fall comes the harvest is here, and that means there is a full production of the fruit that is ready to come in your life. And what you need to see in this season of the vine dresser, he is walking down this, this vineyard with patience. He understands the timetable. He understands the process of maybe you coming out of some behavior, and he knows that you're connected to him. The vine dresser is patient, right? Why? Because he cares for the vine, which is Jesus, and he cares for you, which is the branch. The vine dresser cares about every working part. And the best verse in this story that we're reading or this example that Jesus is giving is found in uh, John 15, 3. And I feel like it's the most tenderness that we can see from the vine dresser. And it almost seems a little out of place as you study this part of the verse. He's talking about, you know, the vine and, and, and being pruned. And then all of a sudden he says this in verse 3. He says this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You are already clean. Now something that I believe Jesus is referring to was back earlier in that day. Have you ever hung out with your friends a whole day or whatever or a few hours? And then you go back somewhere and you're chilling. And then you bring up a remembrance, like, remember when that happened? I believe that's what Jesus is doing. He's referring back to John 13, 10, of when he was meeting with his disciples and he was cleansing their feet. And it says this in 13, 10, as he was washing their feet, you are clean, but not every one of you. See, I believe what Jesus was trying to say, that the cleansing of the outward 
is not the cleansing of the inward. This is his last words he said to them. I know I cleaned you, your feet on the outside, but now I want to clean you on the inside. He said it's going to be by faith receiving me in this next season of your life, not by me washing your feet. And we have to be so careful that we're not trying to fix everything and clean up out here and be a better person, right? No, I have to connect to Jesus, the vine, and allow him to get on the inside of me and trim that junk out of my life, get rid of the unfruitful things, prune the vines that are supposed to produce fruit so that I can walk in the greatest fruit-producing season of my life. I believe with all of my heart, this is the season of the church. I believe in this time where we are segregated and we're not coming together. Let's not use it in vain. Let's allow the vine get the junk out, God, get the discouragement, get this selfish mentality, get all of that out of me. Jesus, I'm going to connect to your word. I'm going to connect to worship. I'm going to connect to my faith again, and I'm going to trust you, God. Go ahead and prune me. Get rid of all the garbage. Get rid of the things that you need to aim towards you better, and allow me to produce the more most fruit I've ever produced in my life. And I believe that's the life of the church. God is getting ready for the church to come back. Amen. So what I want you to see here that there are two truths that are lying, lying in this scripture verse. The second layer here that I want to share with you, which is the one I want you to get a revelation of, is when we think of God pruning us, and I've thought this in the past, that it's almost like it's far away from me, that God has left me, that I'm wandering around in this wilderness and God's making me find my own way to teach me and train me. And it almost feels like God is absent and, and what he's doing is a bad thing. But if you look at the uh, relationship of the, just in the natural, the vine dresser to the vineyard is the vine dresser was actually the closest to the vineyard he's ever going to be. Think about that. In the time of pruning is where God is right over you. He says, I care about you. I love you. I know where I need to take you. And you may not understand this season of why I seem to cut off something that seemed like it was productive because you don't know the fruit I'm about to birth when you allow me to prune you. Amen. And so the, what the vine dresser will do is he has to get so close to the vine that he holds the vine in his hands. Think about that. Pruning is not a bad thing. It's an intimate thing. It's the closest to God you will ever be. And we've got to change this mentality that if God is doing a work means that he's punishing me. No, he's cutting that, that leaf, that branch, so that I can grow to the fullness that he sees in my life. So I want you to see these two things. One, he's the closest he's ever going to be because he has to grasp you in his hand, right, to do what he needs to do. But the second thing you need to understand is the vine dresser doesn't just go in and just chaotically begin to cut. I want you to see here that in his hand and he holds the cutters in the perfect direction because when he cuts that, that branch in that direction, Whatever direction he angles has to be facing, now listen to this, has to be facing the sun. Get that revelation. He doesn't go in there and just say, well, you don't deserve this. I'm getting rid of that. No, he, he meticulously goes at an angle 
So when that vine is ready to produce its fruit, it is aiming at the sun to get all the nutrients that it needs to produce the fruit in the next season. Isn't God amazing? So when he says, I am the vine, he's saying, I'm in control of everything. And I only want to aim you to produce fruit in your life so that I can be given glory to win this world for him. Amen. So I believe the example of that closeness of the uh, vine dresser to the branch and how he gets intimate was the picture of Jesus washing his feet. It's the same picture that got close to them. Do you know that if you study the clean, cleansing, which is that word Jesus when he cleaned his feet, cleaning and pruning is the same Greek root word. And it means this. It indicates a time where God comes close. Man, that is so powerful. We need to use this time that we have, allow God to come close and say, you know what, God, not my but your will be done. I will surrender everything in my own agenda, my own plan, my time, whatever it is, God, prune my branch so that I can produce the fruit in my life and give you glory in this time. It's intimate when God shows up to prune us. It's intimate when he shows up in his life. How many of you will never look at pruning the same way again? After studying this, I will never look at it again. I will welcome God the vine dresser, the gardener, prune away because I know you have my best in mind. So let's look at John uh, 15, 4. I want to get through this really quickly. John 15, verse 4 says this, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch, no branch can bear fruit by itself. We are no lone rangers doing our own thing. It must remain on the vine. Listen to how further he takes it. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. Here's where our, our statement comes from. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. What happens to the fruit? The, the root of the vine, which is Jesus, goes down into the ground. Catch this revelation. It goes down almost 20 feet, and it seeks the living water. Who's the living water? Jesus is. So the, the natural vine will go down into the ground, find the living water. It will come up and nourish the branch and cause that branch to have fruit on it. Do you know that every other plant, you have to water from the top, but the vine is the plant that waters from the bottom bottom. Why? Because we need the vine. We need Jesus to produce the fruit. Amen. What I want you to see is this. Bearing fruit is our most significant and fulfilling purpose. It's our most significant and fulfilling purpose is to bear fruit and give glory to God. Now we're in the time of the harvest and what's happening. This is the most important part and I need you to give me five more minutes to get this into your heart. Yes, the fruit is there, the grapes are there, and that's wonderful, but what is the most important thing is what's on the inside of that grape. And in Israel, or even in Italy, they would call the wine this. They would call it the vine's blood. And the only way to get the, the grape's blood was to break it open, smush it, to get the blood. And what is there? There's life in the blood. The only way to preserve the grape 
was to break the grape open and get the shedding of the blood. It all comes through Jesus Christ, right? That's the purpose of this. The way to preserve our life, just like the grape, is going to be through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And this is where the warning comes in, where Jesus warns them. And this is where I believe God is warning the church. In John 15, verse 6, it says this, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. Such branches are picked up, listen to this, thrown into the fire and burned. What is, what is that? That's a picture of the people who have not been given the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And this is something we don't feel comfortable talking about, but this is where God is bringing the church. We have to wake up and recognize that there are branches that are laying along this side and they're dry and they're withering up and the Bible says they'll be thrown into the fire. We know there is an eternity of hell as real as there is an eternity in hell heaven. I think the church needs to wake up and say, I'm going to go to the lost branches. I'm going to go to the one that have not found the vine yet. And I'm going to let them be a fruit on my vine. And I'm going to connect them to the vine, which is Jesus, so that they can be changed and transformed and produce the fruit of God in their life and be fruit bearers. That's what God has called us to do as the church. It's time for the church to awaken. It's time for us to take our position and know that we've got to wish win this lost and dying world for Jesus Christ. And it's going to rely on us to connect to the vine, get reconnected to Jesus, get on fire and awaken for this great season. And let me close with this scripture verse, John 15, 11. What, why does God want us to produce fruit? One, it brings glory to him. And number two, it brings the greatest joy you will ever have in your life. If you've ever won anybody to Jesus, there's no other greater joy than that. If you've ever laid hands on someone and they got healed, there is nothing more addicting than to bear the fruit of Jesus Christ. And he says that in John 15, 11. He says, I told you this, what, to bear fruit. I have told you this, that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be complete. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to get our joy back because we are going to do the assignment God has called us to do for the church. And if you're watching this morning, I want to give you every reason why you need Jesus today. You are why we are online. You are why we are here because we want you to know that you are important to God, that Jesus loves you. He laid his life down for you and you can come with all of your garbage and all of your junk and he will change you. God's grace changes you and it's your faith that allows you to see Jesus. Amen. So I'm asking you, receive by faith Jesus this morning. Just say this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sins. I am in need of a Savior, the forgiveness of my sins, and I want to be connected to the vine of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
And what I want you to do now, I know you said that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart. All of heaven is rejoicing. God wrote your names in the Lamb's Book of Life. But listen, you cannot do this journey alone. We want to come alongside of you. We have a mentorship program called Following Jesus, and we want to teach you how to follow Jesus. So get connected to the church. Find the website. Let us know that you chose Jesus today, and we want to partner with you. We love you so much. Listen, church, I love you. God bless you. We're going to go into one more worship song together and we will see you very soon.